Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Find your notes, if you will. We're in a series that we've entitled of Making Wise Choices. How do I make wise choices in life? Because the choices I make in life determine how my life's going to be lived and what's going to go on. The writer in Proverbs chapter 2 says it this way, he grants a treasure of common sense to the audit. I love common sense. Wish I had more of it. He's a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then, once he guards you and takes care of you, you will understand what's right. You'll know what's just and fair. You'll find the right way to go. Wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you, understanding what will keep you safe. This morning, what we're going to look at is choosing the wise thing. All throughout life, I've gotten asked a question, especially in ministry, of can I do this? Can I go here? Should I say this? Can I act like this? What's the right thing to do? And we have that question over and over again. One of the questions I always just really dread is this one. Can I still do this and be a Christian? Well, if you're asking the question, the answer is probably no. Right? Because there's a doubt in your mind, isn't there? Can I still do this and be the person? Can I act like this? Can I do this? So how do I know those things? So I want to give to you this morning a series of of questions that you can ask yourself in order for you to come to a place to make that wise choice, to make that decision that will honor God and help you and be the wise thing to do. So here's the first one. Is my ego in check? Now, here's the thing you have to know. You have an ego. You have a feeling about yourself. For most people, the ego thing is at two extremes that you and I both have to battle. The first extreme is, I'm nobody, I'm no good, I'm worth nothing. You're wrong. You're at the wrong end of the spectrum. You need to get back over here to the middle. The other part of that is, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm pretty good. If everybody was more like me, this world would be a wonderful place to live in. I I don't have a problem. You've got the problem. I'm fine. It's everybody else who's messed up. I'm not messed up. And so you've got these two extremes that stay out here, and you and I have to stay somewhere here in the middle of this, and I have to ask myself, you know what, am I making this all about me? Am I being selfish? Am I just thinking of myself? And chances are the answer is yes. 1 Corinthians 10.24 Don't be concerned for your own good. Wow. That that sounded pretty good. Hold on, check my ego, stop it. Okay. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. So in other words, when I'm starting to make decisions... 
I am not the priority in my decision-making process. Other people are. Now, if you're like me, when I was growing up as a kid, I was a preacher's kid. And especially in high school, there were things that I wanted to do that my parents wouldn't let me do. And I asked them, as every child does, why? You don't understand. You want me to be miserable. You know how it goes, right? And they often would tell me, no, because of what people may think. And of course, my retort was, I don't give a rip. I don't care what they think. It's their problem. Tell them to get over it. It doesn't matter. Why should I care? My ego wasn't in check. And you see, if you don't care what other people think, there's a problem. You're probably going to make some bad choices. And the writer says, you don't look at you. It's not just about you. Because as a Christian, we care for others. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Thinking of others as more important than you. Thinking of others more than you think of you. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. So when I have to make a choice, I have to ask myself, hold it, am I making this all about me and am I unwilling to consider how this is going to affect others? And if you're unwilling to think about other people in your choice, you are not going to make a wise choice. You're going to make a very selfish decision that is going to impact your life and take you down a road you don't want to go down. So that's where we start. Is this just about me? Is it just about what I want and what I think and what I want to do and I don't care what anybody else thinks? Then I need to stop. I need to back up. I need to put me out of this picture so much and think about how's this going to affect others? What, well, I don't care what other people think. Now, again, you don't want to take this to an extreme either. You're so paranoid doing anything because we all understand you can't please everybody, can you? And no matter sometimes what decision you make, somebody's not going to like it. You know, raising a family. When there's seven of us in our family, my wife and I and five kids, here's what I know. I'm not going to please somebody. In fact, I'll be happy if I can just please one but I have to do what's right, but think about them when I make this choice and not just me. Understanding that if I'll make that decision, not just thinking of myself, but thinking of the whole, thinking of others, I'll make a wiser decision, even though that decision still has the effect sometimes of not pleasing everybody. Second, what kind of example is this? Now, whether you like this or not, I didn't like it as a kid. But here's what I have learned. Somebody's always watching. Well, I'll do this and nobody will know. Oh, boy, are you going to make a bad choice. 
somebody's always watching. And so what I have to ask myself, if one of my kids see me do this, is this going to be a good example for them? Well, your kids aren't even around. doesn't matter. Is that the example I want to live? That they could watch me, see me at any time, and I would set an example for them that would be right. Would I be comfortable with them being there? Is this how I want them to act? You see, the great privilege that you and I have as people is people watch us. Now, sometimes people watch us so that they're waiting for us to fall. But there's other people watching us to see what we do that will have an influence on what they do. And so in life, what I have to understand, I don't live a solitary life. People are always watching me. And if you're doing something in secret that you think nobody notices, secrets have a way of coming out and of being exposed. And would you be okay if people knew your secrets? So I asked myself, okay, is this just about me? And if I do this, if I have this attitude, if I do this thing, is that going to be an example that I'm okay with other people seeing? 1 Corinthians 8, 9. You must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. In other words, other people. Because everybody's at a level in their growth in Christ, aren't there? There's some people that are new in the Lord and their conscience is weaker because of deals, things that they're struggling with. There's other people who aren't. You know, some people struggle with something because they went through it as a kid. I had a, um, a grandpa who was very, very adamant that no one could play cards. I don't care what kind of cards it was. I don't care if it was old maids. You don't play cards. And he, he was just, man, stubborn on that. Well, later on I learned the reason behind that was before he was a Christian, he gambled a lot. And when God saved him, you know, that took that out of the picture and he had a thing about cards because of his past. Weaker conscience in that area, so to speak. And if that's something, hey, I don't care what you think, old man, you can do what you want to do. I'm going to play these and no, no, no. So as I grow up, he's around, I don't do it. I don't have a problem with it. But he did. And am I willing to consider that? Galatians 5.13. You have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Notice what the verses we've read said. Person with the weaker conscience. It doesn't say to them, hey, get over it. It says to me, who is supposed to be the stronger, to me, the one that I'm dealing with, he said, look, when you make decisions in life, you just don't think about yourself and you do everything you can so that you don't hinder somebody else. 
and you live a life and set an example for people. So that if I know somebody has a problem with something and I don't, am I strong enough and considerate enough and loving enough to say, you got a problem with that? Okay, I won't do it. I won't ask you to. I won't tell you to grow up. I won't tell you to get over it. I'll accept that it's something that you wrestle with for whatever reason, and I don't have to do it. And if I know it's going to bother you, I'll stay away. That's hard for us to do. That's difficult. Because Christianity means that I don't live for me, do I? I live for God, which means I live for others. Correct? Now, we live in a world that says, you live for yourself. If it feels good, do it. And you can do whatever you want to do. But when you become a Christian, that changes, doesn't it? And now I am to consider others. I am to think about them. Well, I don't have a problem with it. Well, great. You know, now, when my grandpa wasn't around, I could play old maids. I could play that because he's not there. When he's there, I don't have to do it. Well, that's just being hypocritical. No, it's called being considerate. And so, I have to ask myself, as I do this, is it going to set an example Because people are watching me. And if I'm aware that I'm going to do something that's questionable, that someone might watch me and see me do it, then I shouldn't do it. Well, they probably won't even know. You don't take that risk. Well, I I don't have a problem with that. Well, okay, then you go back to the first one and deal with it because your ego is out of check. Right? And come back to here and say, I want to be an example. I want to be an example in such a way that I don't tell my kids, look, you do what I say, not what I do. You watch me. I'll live a life that will honor God. And you can watch. Because people are watching. You go to work tomorrow, people are watching you. You call yourself a Christian, people will watch to see if you really are. Well, it doesn't matter what they think. Yes, it does. You're carrying the name of Christ. It matters to God. Is this going to edify me? Is this going to help me be a better person? Is this going to help me be a better Christian? Well, no, it may not. I know it's kind of questionable, but, but I enjoy it. Hold it. Is it going to build me up? Because would you agree with me that life is to be lived in a manner that is healthy for us so that we become more and more like Christ every day? Is it going to edify me? Is it going to help me be more Christ-like? Is it going to make me a better person, a better Christian? First Corinthians 6.19 
don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Okay, so my body, what it's saying is, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, lives in me as a Christian, correct? You do not belong to yourself. (laughs) Well, we could spend a lot of time talking about that, couldn't we? It's my body, I can do with it what I want. No, you can't. Not if you're a Christian. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. So I asked myself, is this going to help me be a better Christian? Is this going to help me be a better witness by where I go with my body, by what I do to my body, by how I treat my body, by how I clothe my body, by whatever I do with it? Is this going to help me be better? And if it's not going to help me be better, why would I do it? Well, people might not like it, but everybody's doing it. (laughs) And you know the line, don't you? Well, if everybody's going to jump off a bridge, would you jump with them? And the answer is probably. You know, so is this going to help me be the person I want to be? I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to be like Christ. First Corinthians 10.23. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. You know, Pastor, I'm really tired of this other thing. I'm I got to be, I got to think about them. I got to think about them more than I think about me. I got to think about what they think more than I think about my enjoyment. I got to think about other, yeah, well, you don't have to. I mean, if you don't want to be a Christian, don't be one. But if you want to be a Christian, the answer is, yeah. That's the heart of Christianity. You see, the other people know we're Christians by how we love each other. Now, that's to the extreme, isn't it? And so we let our light shine, don't we? Now, we don't take that to an extreme. Well, you can't wear this, you can't do this. I grew up in that era. That was the extreme. But the issue is, I want to do something that's going to help me be a better Christian. I don't want to say, how far can I go and still be a Christian? I don't want to live on that line. I want to get as far away from that line as I can because I want to become more like Christ. So I come to this line and say, is this going to help me be more Christ-like? Is this going to help me be the person I want to be in representing Jesus Christ? And I ask myself that question. Is it going to edify me? Could this enslave me? Now, there's a verse here we're going to use that sounds just like the other verse. It's repeated. Paul wrote it there. He writes it here. And just in a few chapters different, you notice different reference for what's here. He says, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. 
Would you agree with that? Okay, I'm, I'm free. I can do whatever I want, but I shouldn't do everything I want. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Now, notice, not everything is good for me. What's he saying? Not everything is good for me to become a better Christian. Not everything is good for me to become more Christ-like. What's going to help me be more Christ-like? What's going to help me be a better Christian? And then he says, I can't become a slave to anything. Now, this is... I'm going to try to walk through this for a little bit, and I hopefully it won't confuse you more, because this is a difficult subject right here to get across to people. Um, because we are a people who have addictive personalities. We're called habits. We have them. That's who we are. I talk to people ever so often, and they'll say to me, I don't want to take this medication because I don't want to be addicted. And I've had this conversation with some people. If you don't take this medication, you're going to be a jerk. Please take the medication. It's going to help you be a better person. Well, I don't want to get addicted to it. Okay? There's some boundaries you can put into place so that that doesn't happen. You have a good doctor who will tell you no more, no less. You trust that doctor. You then have a friend, someone who will monitor with you to help you stay on track. Can you get addicted? Yes. You can get addicted to anything. So what I have to understand is I don't want to do something that will put me into a place where I become addicted to it. I remember once I was having a conversation with someone and they were arguing with me about a subject and they made this statement to me. Well, I like to have a little drink every when I come home from work. It helps me relax. You have a problem. If you've got to have that to help you relax, there's a problem. You're addicted. You see how this gets difficult? And so I have to be very wise to ask myself, if I'm going to step into this area, if I'm going to embrace this type of behavior, if I'm going to take this, if I'm going to go here, is it going to put me on a track is it going to put me in a place where I become addicted to it and it controls me and I don't control it? Well, I can stop at any time. Okay, how about now? Oh, I can't now. Then you're addicted. How many people have become alcoholics with just one little choice at the beginning. Because they thought, I can handle it. And they can't. And now it's controlling them. And they're not controlling it. 
we have a battle going on now in our in the country about medicinal marijuana. And I will agree. There are some cases where marijuana will help. And with the right doctor and the right prescription, it can be effective. <laughs> but just because it's legal doesn't make it right. And there's a lot of people who will get on that bandwagon saying it's legal. Well, it's supposed to be legal in this area, not all areas. And so I have to be cautious about things. I take some medication. I have to be careful with it. But there's some behavioral attitudes that you and I have. That if we're not careful, we begin to act in a manner that's rude, that's hurtful, that's harmful. And then we say, well, it's just the way I am. Well, it might be, but God came to change you, to make you different. And so we don't get to just use the excuse of I can't help myself. That's lame. We have to come to that place where we are willing to say, you know what? If there's something here that has the potential to take me down a road I don't want to go down and it will be in control of my life, then I need to do everything I can to stay away from it. Understanding that there are some choices that we need to make, and I've used the example of medicine and that type of thing, that are good for me and will help me be the person I need to be. And so you have to be wise, don't you? But you also have to be aware Every person in the room, self-included, has the potential to be addicted to something that will hurt us. And we must guard ourselves. And I can do anything. But I shouldn't become a slave to anything as well. All right? Probably thoroughly confused you, but I took a shot at it. Well, pastor, what if I've done this? What if I've taken this and I've gotten this thing? You know, how many people have this habit that, oh, I wish I'd stopped this, you know? I've talked to a lot of people over the years. Uh, they took the first cigarette and didn't think anything about it. All that everybody's doing, it'll be okay. And years later, boy, I wish I could quit. There's all kinds of things in life that come our way, isn't there? That seem harmless at the front, that seem like it's not gonna be a big deal. But if we'll look down the road, we see the potential that is there. Well, I can take care of it. Oh boy, your ego is not in check. Well, what if I've made the bad choice? What, what if I, I, I've done some things that, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have? Well, next week we'll talk about how to recover from bad choices. Will this emulate Jesus? Will, will this help me imitate him? Will this take me to a place where this will make me more Christ-like? Here's what 1 John says, chapter 2, verse 3. How can we, we can be sure that we know that we love him. We can be sure that we're his children. We can be sure that we're in step with him if we obey his commandments. 
and someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person's a liar and not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Well, the Bible doesn't say specifically not to do this. Well, but the Bible has principles that speak to the issue and principles of loving people, principles of how I behave. And those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. I want to be like Christ. I want to be like him. Well, you know, he associated with sinners, so I guess it's okay for me to do that too. <laughs> yeah, he did. In fact, one day he, he was going through a town in an area and a guy climbs a tree to see him. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, who was in the tree, and called him by name. He said, quick, come down. I'm going to be a guest in your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbs down and takes Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Notice the response. But the people were displeased. <laughs> you can't please everybody. He has gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner. Tax collectors, they were hated. They grumbled. Boy, people are good at grumbling, aren't they? And by the way, just a footnote here. It isn't even in my notes. I just thought of it right now, so it's a bonus for you. If you're the person that's grumbling, stop it. Quit being judgmental. No, I'll, I'll go on. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I've cheated people out of their taxes, there's no if about that. He did. Okay? If I've cheated people out of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. See, he went to a house of sinner and was there. Well, that's okay. If you can be with sinners, and because of your presence with them, they are converted, go ahead. But if you can live with sinners and nothing changes and you just become one of the good old boys or one of the good old gals and you just have a good time with them, that's a whole other story, isn't it? See, the motivation is, well, he's good with sinners. Yes, but every time he was with the sinners, he made an impact on their life. And every time you're with people, your life should be lived in such a manner that you can make an impact on theirs. Well, pastor, I got family. They're not Christians. Then every time they're with you, you do everything you can to honor God and to love them. And so you and I come to that place where we ask ourselves, you know what? And this was a big phrase a while back, what would Jesus do? It's still a great phrase, isn't it? Would this be like him? Would this make me more like him? Would this make people understand him better? Would this be an example for him? So 
Is it going to make me more like Jesus? Will it emulate him? Then, does it exalt God? Does it exalt God? The, the Bible gives us a very clear, simple little statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It, it just right puts it in place and in perspective. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. God, I want you to be glorified out of this. God, I want your name to be lifted a little higher in people's lives because of me. I want you to be exalted. I want people to see you in me. I want to live a life that reflects you. I want to honor you. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Pretty clear, isn't it? Pretty right on. Last one. Can I go forward expecting God to guide me? Can I go forward with confidence, with peace? God, I've done everything I can to consider others. God, I'm doing those things that I want to do to honor you. And God, I'm going to keep going forward and I'm going to do this. And God, and here's the way I've kind of looked at this. God, if at any point you want to tap me on the shoulder and say no, if at any point you want to tap me on, the, the, knock me upside the head and say turn around, I will do it. I am not going to stubbornly go ahead because this is what I want to do and I don't care. Because when you go ahead with that attitude, you're probably making a wrong choice. An openness for God to direct my steps. Psalm 25, verse 4. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth. Teach me. You are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. God, let's go together. You lead me. I want to do everything that pleases you and honors you. Psalm 143. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. Wow. We have the spirit of God alive in us. He leads us. He guides us. Psalm 25. The Lord is good. He does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness and all who keep his covenant and obey his commands. Last verse. Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, 
and he will show you which path to take. See, as a kid, I didn't care what God had to say about it because I didn't care about the people. All I cared about was, I want to do this. I want my way. And whenever you begin to live and make choices, wanting your own way, thinking you know what's best, believing that, well, you know what, I don't care, I know what God says, but I want, you are going to make a horrible choice. And God says, look, when you got a question about something, should I do it, should I not, should I go, should I not, should I be involved, should I not, should I act like this, should I not, should I say this, should I not? God says, look, will you just stop for a moment and will you take a little inventory right away and will you just kind of come to that place where you will say, God, not my will, but yours. God, not what I want. What do you want? Because I want to represent you and what I do. And God, I want to do everything I can to make you better to people. I want my life to be lived, be an example to people. I want to honor you. I want you to be glorified. I want to be a better person because of it. God, you love people. And would you help me to love them more than I love me? And to consider them more than me. And when I have to make choices, Will you help me to pause? And would you help me to consider your ways, your life, other people more than me? Let's be honest. That goes against every fiber of our old nature, doesn't it? Just completely against it. Because our old nature likes to be in charge, likes to be satisfied. But when you come to Christ, you deny yourself. And you pick up your cross. And you follow. And that's the wisest choice you'll ever make in your life. Because God will honor that. He will direct your steps. And he will lead you to a place of great joy and great peace. So today, what about the choices you're making? Are there some of them you need to reconsider? Maybe you're here and you need to make the biggest choice of all of giving your life to Christ and saying, God, I'll live for you and not for me and I'll consider your ways more than mine and God, I, I need to stop where I'm at and live in my life and I need to follow you and I'm not a Christian, I need to be. Maybe you're a Christian here and you've been doing some things that you know isn't honoring God. You've been thinking about some things and that's not honoring God. You've been going down some roads that you know God isn't pleased. Are you willing to stop? Are you willing to change? Are you willing to let God help you? 
Let's pray. Father, this morning, all of us in life tend to live for ourselves, tend to do what we want to do. We tend to think we know what's best for us. We tend to flow with the crowd and if everybody's doing this, then I don't see a problem with it either. We don't like to stand out. Lord, would you help us? Would you help us to come to a place when we have choices to make that we don't put ourselves at the forefront, but we put you. And your way is more important than my way. Your thoughts are more critical than my thoughts. And Lord, would you help us to make choices that help us to become better Christians, that help us to become more like Christ, that help us to honor God, and that allow us to live our life not having to look over our shoulder, wondering if somebody's going to find out, not carrying a load around that makes life really heavy because of choices we're making but that give us freedom that give us joy that give us peace as we walk down the path you have for us thank you today for being with us and for helping us help us to listen and to obey I pray in thy name Amen thank you for joining us for today's service If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.